Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so glad, as always, to get a few moments of your day. My episode today is titled 10 Simple Steps for Beginning Homemakers. And I've recently been a guest on a couple podcasts. One was our Woman's Hope, which I so love, and the other was the Abide podcast. And this topic of building up our homes and being keepers of our homes has been the topic of discussion. So it's pretty heavy on my mind here lately. And I do want to share some important thoughts before I move forward with this fairly practical episode today. These are some thoughts that I recently shared with Natalie and Katie from the Abide podcast, which I highly recommend you ladies listen to and subscribe to because you will be so encouraged and edified by these two godly women. I will link to the episode I did with them. It was called Wise Builders and Wrecking Balls, Part 3. I love I love their titles. They're pretty creative. Mm, me, not so much. But, so, but the question that they started off asking was, why is a woman building up the home important? Why is that important? And I kind of stated there when I talked to them that Proverbs 14.1, which is kind of what they were working through on their series, but that's where our minds seem to go where we, when we hear that question. And Proverbs 14.1 states, the wisest of women builds her house, but with folly with her own hands tears it down. So the answer I shared with them was quite simple. It's because the honor of God's name is at stake. Because when we look at Proverbs 14.1, it tells us that wisdom builds. So a godly wise woman, she's going to consider how to make her home better. She's going to look after the home and she's going to build it. And our Christian homes are to be a place where God's love is evident, where the gospel is not just spoken, but it's lived out. And we're to bring honor and glory to God in all all aspects of the care of our homes. Our homes should be places of comfort and shelter. And one of my favorite reminders about this is that we find our shelter and comfort in God, and we make our home in Him when we come to faith in Jesus. We should desire to make His love evident within our own families and to all those who enter our homes. So friends, from the normal everyday tasks of cooking and cleaning to bringing up our children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord to loving our husbands, to being keepers of our homes, in all these various areas of building up our homes, a wise woman would build her home on God's word. She would know it and she would desire and apply it to every aspect of her life. The concerning issue is when we look at the other side of Proverbs 14.1, but folly with her own hands tears it down. This proverb is giving us a pretty vivid picture of living two ways. We are either building up or we're tearing down. There's no neutral in this proverb. (laughs) Coming back to the original question that started me off on this was, why is it important to build up our homes? Because this isn't just focusing on the physical blessings. These are good things. And the upkeep and care of our homes, it does matter. But its importance comes as we seek to cultivate homes where everything is based on the word of God and we reflect Christ's likeness in our homes. 
always, I'm not talking perfection. We are all works in progress. I get it. But we're headed in the direction of desiring to respond in ways that reflect the Lord to our families. We should be desiring to do battle with sin in our lives and keep killing sin, right? As John Owen stated it, or it's going to be killing you. Knowing God's word and not just knowing it, but praying for his strength worked out in us to apply it. Things here like the things we deal with daily as wives and mothers, things like our attitudes, our responses, how we show love towards one another, offering forgiveness, right? Offering much grace to one another. We've been shown and given much grace by God. We need to offer much grace to others. Showing mercy. When these are grounded in and based on the truths of God's word, our homes are going to be places of life-giving. They will build the relationships within the family structure. They will point others to the joy found in knowing and loving and serving Jesus. So the flip side here is, if we're not building up our homes in this way, then we are probably tearing our homes down by our own sinful actions and words. The life is going to be sucked out of our families. And instead of building good relationships and pointing our children and our spouse to Christ, our homes are going to be places of destruction. And I want to state here because this is a reminder we all need. It's never okay to sin against sin. Because your husband or your children sin against you, that does not give you the right to sin against them. We are called to be people who are growing in holiness. And if we are continuing to respond with that pattern of responding in sin, we are not honoring God in that situation. We have a choice with our attitude and our response. So ladies, the questions that should be on our hearts and minds as homemakers and wives and mothers is, how am I glorifying God as I care for my family? How am I pointing them to Christ? Am I spending time with the Lord daily? If I'm neglecting the spiritual disciplines in my life, think here, right? Think here like Bible reading, study, prayer, meditating on the word, scripture memory, fellowship with other believers, evangelism. You have nothing. If you're neglecting the spiritual disciplines, those are graces the Lord has given us to help grow in his ways. You have nothing to offer your family, and you're probably not going to be pointing them to Christ. This is key. And listen, I get caught up in this. So I'm always, when I tell you these things, I'm reminding myself, I know those days when I've not been consistent in the word, that that's not a good place for me to be. And things don't usually go very well on those days for me. My responses and attitudes are not lined up with God's desires for me. I'm becoming self-reliant and self-focused and selfish, and it's not good. But I, I, as I said, I know our days are busy. I get that. We also need to think things here like, am I verbally sharing the gospel with my children? This is key, mamas. Is God's work in my life evident to them? That can be an out sometimes, right? So as homemakers, we've been given by the Lord a huge responsibility to point our families to Christ. This is the best way to build up our homes, and it's the foundation we want to build on. And I really, I know, I'm I'm not rambling here, but this is important. I wanted you to hear this before I get into this more practical episode, because the reality is our days are lived in the ordinary tasks that we deal with daily as wives and mothers and homemakers, and it doesn't matter whether you work home at the home full-time or you have outside employment. 
right? Titus 2 is calling us to be keepers of our homes and we're to be good managers of the homes and families the Lord has entrusted us with. They're a gift to us. My hope today, so, is to encourage some of you homemakers who maybe you feel a little overwhelmed at the moment. Maybe you've lost your way a little bit in the care of your home and things have been neglected. Or maybe you're not even just sure where to begin, right? When it comes to just the the general care of your home. And I am still a learner, even after 35 years. And I hope that you will always consider yourself learners. We are never going to arrive, okay? So what I'm sharing with you are tasks and routines that have worked well for me over the years. So don't feel that you need to put into place each one, but maybe you just gain a tip or two today for your home. And on most of these that I'm sharing these tips, they are just little quick bites. I have longer episodes that work through them because again, I'm just covering them quickly today. I'm going to link to those where I've done that for you in the show notes. So if it's an area that you hear me mention something, you're like, no, I'd like to learn more about that. I will link to that and you can go and listen or read and get some more tips and encouragement on that too. Um, I really desire that my home would be a sanctuary for my family. And if you're here listening to me, you probably do too. I want it to be even an oasis for others that the Lord sends our way. And again, it doesn't mean perfection, but that there's a sense of order and our home expresses the things we love. This is going to look different for each of us. We are not made in this cookie cutter image, right? God has designed each of us so differently, but the reality still stands that we need to have some order. We need to get meals on the table. We need to tidy and clean our homes. We need to pay bills. We need to take care of laundry. That is our reality. It is the job the Lord has given us to do as keepers of our homes. And along with all the other tasks needed in the care and upkeep of our homes, um, I want, to, I want to share this quote because it's good along with it. Listen, this is so good. This is from Dorothy Patterson Kelly. It's from her book, The Christian Homemaker's Handbook. It's a little bit of an older book, but it's still just a, a good little read to have on hand. She said, a house is the building or structure in which people live. A home is much more the place that is uniquely prepared for you. So as we begin here, and I feel like there was something I wanted to say, and I totally forgot what was on my mind. So if I think of it as I'm rambling through here, and you hear me say this random thought, it's because I remembered it. And if I don't remember it, maybe I'll remember to put it in the show notes. Um, But if not, it's going to be lost in my head, which lately a lot of things have been lost in my head. So okay. And actually, as I'm stating this, I'm coming to this next part to talk about this, and you'll understand now better why I'm saying this about myself. So I understand that some of us order comes naturally. And then there's some of you like me out there who really have to work at it. I I have continued to learn over the years and I've found that I have much more time in my day. This is key to do other things when I've taken the time to set up a system to keep order. And I'm hoping to just encourage you to continue to desire to do that in your lives. These are tips I'm sharing with you today that were really um, that my grandmother and other members of my family just shared with me or modeled for me when I was a young bride. I was clueless in the kitchen. I had no idea what it looked like to care for a home and family of my own. My grandmother it was a daily phone call for me in those early years of marriage. I am so appreciative for her. So I did 10 tips because Everyone loves a numbered list, right? I don't know why that is. And I didn't want to make it too overwhelming, but this list is not exhaustive. And your top 10 list here uh, as a homemaker is probably going to look different than mine. But these are just areas that came to my mind that I felt were pretty important to begin with. 
So I'm going to be quick and to the point. I know y'all are busy. So let's get down to business. So number one, make your bed every day. I know I sound like your mother telling you this. It's a simple two minute or less task that gets you started in a good direction and it instantly makes your room look cleaner. Teach your kiddos to make their beds too. Don't demand perfection from them. Let them make their bed and leave it alone, mama, right? Okay, I used to change our bed sheets, like wash them once a week. That was back from the day with my grandmother, but now I don't. I do it every two weeks and I'm not meaning to gross anybody out, but our reality is we shower every day. So I keep thinking maybe they made that weekly rule before they were able to shower daily, but I don't know. Anyways, and the other tip I love that I do is, um, you know, I have different seats for seats, sheets for seasons. It's like a little tongue twister there. So I like our flannel sheets in the winter and then I have a, a lighter sheet for summer. But so when I'm in that season, I just like to take those same sheets and wash them and put them back on the bed that same day. So I don't even have to deal with folding them. So for me, making my bed is a part of my daily morning routine, which we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So number two is tidy. This seems pretty basic, but it's really neglected by us many times. If we would take the time at least a couple times a day, maybe you do it after or before every meal or after dinner or before you get ready for bed. I don't know where it falls. Maybe you only do it once a day, but and get the help of your kids and your husband and just Pick up things around the house that everybody kind of takes care of their own things and puts them back where they belong. It instantly makes your house look clean. And if you don't have a home for something as you're tidying, find one for it. Find a place to put it. Because remember, you can't organize clutter, right? Clutter begins when things don't have places where they belong. And I do have a podcast and a, um, actually a YouTube video on it I'll link to. Number three, get dressed, all right? I wrote a whole post on this. I have a podcast on it. As a young mama who stayed home with her babies, this one was a challenge for me on many days. But my whole day went better if I got dressed first thing and got my kiddos dressed. We were then ready for visitors or to run an unexpected errand if needed. It was just a good way to start our day. Number four, put a cleaning routine together for your home. My young mamas and us old ones too, this is a huge help doesn't have to be anything huge, right? I want to share simply what I do on most weeks. I call this my favorite cleaning tip. If I see something that needs attention or cleaned and I have the time at that moment to do it, I clean it. Okay, period. That's pretty simple there. And I I am going to give you a quick overview of my cleaning schedule. It doesn't always work every week, right? But if I'm doing this most weeks, it still gives me a home with some semblance of order and tidiness. So uh, those of you who have been with me long enough know on Mondays, I really like to do what I call the weekly home blessing. That's from Fly Lady. And I, um, it means every Monday, it's Mondays for me, it doesn't have to be Mondays, but it's, it's a quick clean of my house, a quick clean and tidy. So each room gets just feather dusted quickly, it gets tidied, and the traffic areas get vacuumed. Um, the whole thing takes me maybe about an hour. I I go in a little more detail. I have um, a YouTube video on this. It has more detail, and I'll link to that. But one thing I have loved, if your vacuum has a duster attachment, that has been my favorite cleaning tool. I love it. I probably use it more than a feather duster. I do love my microfiber clots too, but that duster attachment is great on baseboards, and just it's a, just a quick way to dust. So... Okay, from there, so I'm going on with my little cleaning routine. So from there, each day then, so that's Monday mornings, each day 
I'll tackle what I see needs dusted a bit more or may need my attention. I do have my home broken down into various rooms the days of the week. So on Mondays, it would be my bedrooms. On Tuesday, it would be like my kitchen and laundry room. Wednesdays would be my husband's office. So I, and I, I do have a, of course I do. I have a podcast episode on that. I'll link to that. But what I mainly do, so when those rooms come up, I will just look at those particular rooms and go, what needs attention? Um, maybe the, again, maybe it needs dusted or a floor needs mopped or it needs vacuumed or maybe baseboards need a little attention in that room that week or there's fingerprints on doors or windows or switch plates and I don't have to clean the whole thing. I could just wipe the fingerprints. You're allowed to do that. I may, if I'm in the kitchen, do my appliances need a good exterior or interior cleaning? I really, my cleaning every day, I say an hour, but it's really much less than that on most days. There may be days where it's a little more when I have time and I feel like cleaning a little deeper, right? Um, but my, it does not absorb my whole day. I do have some favorite cheats I like to use. I make good use of Swiffer cloths. Um, I just love them. That's not an everybody thing. It's not an everybody's budget. I get it. Uh, I do use paper towels with spray cleaner at times. And I know if you're like green here, you're like Marcy, <gasps> but I'm not overly green. I'm pretty cautious with my stuff, but I do. I like those convenience things. Like if my bathroom needs a quick clean, I'm going to be okay to use some paper towels and spray cleaner to just give it a quick tidy. I love my Swiffer clots in the bathroom. I use them on that little handle mop thing to pick up hair quickly without giving a vacuum out. I don't even know how I have hair in my head, which how much hair I lose and have to pick up. It's crazy. So I make sure to notice areas that need tidied and decluttered a bit. And things for me that gather gather clutter are areas in my family room, like my magazine basket or the coffee table or my desk area in the, the kitchen where I keep, you know, that's kind of like where the mail goes and, and things just get sort of dropped there. That gets cluttery. My book areas, um, like where I study and do my work, they get pretty cluttered. So those areas need attention. So I like to kind of go through those. My weekly time bathrooms are cleaned a bit more um, deeply and usually you'll find me cleaning the bathroom when I'm already in there. I'm probably going to do it as I'm getting ready in the morning during my shower time. And maybe it happens more on a Saturday morning or Friday morning when I have a little more time and I don't have to be somewhere or get started doing something. Mamas with kiddos, bathing your kids is a great time to clean their bathroom. Um, I also have a quick five-minute bathroom cleaning that I do every day. It makes my deep cleaning so much easier and the bathroom always looks great for the next person who uses it. And I'll link, it's a very short post. I'll link to that in the show notes too. That was my longest tip, so don't panic. That's the longest one. All right, so number five is our budget and finances. This is not my favorite item or one that I feel like I have the most expertise to share with you. And if you notice, I don't have a whole lot of this on my blog with you. Um, but I've learned to do what I have to do out of necessity because we we just we need it for our finances to be in order. I want to pay bills on time and not have a bill collector showing up at my door. So, but my best advice for you ladies is to put together a simple filing system for your home. I, I have a very simple post on this one, and my filing system has gotten extremely simple. So what I have been doing lately is just very easily just um, taking I have a long-term file. I, where I keep the long-term papers I need for charges and all that good stuff. And then I also have a file where I keep our insurance information. And then for me, I just keep a file for the whole year. And if there's certain things I need separated, I'll do that. But for the most part, all my 
you know, 2021 goes in one big folder because honestly, most of my papers and things now are digital. So I don't have the same amount of paperwork I used to have in filing from years back when we were early married. So it's gotten really easy. Um, So whatever you do, I'm just rambling on that, but whatever you do, make it simple and functional and that you can use it. So if you overcomplicate it, you won't use it. So simplify it so you can use it. Like as I'm telling you, some of you may be freaking out that I'm telling you I put all my papers in one folder for the year. I'm going to tell you, I bet like once in my lifetime, I've had to go through that folder to find something. And even that, it didn't take very long. So things like that, it's just not the same. It's it's pretty simple. So um, again, keep it simple. The other one is paying bills. Think about you need to have a system to pay bills. So either pay them when you get them from the mailbox that day or in your email or wherever they come from, mark it on your calendar. Um, Also embracing online banking is a huge one. I just love how it simplifies my time in those areas that I can just have things automatically paid Um, and I don't have to mail checks out. That's kind of cool. And then as for budgeting, there's a tons of apps out there. And my husband and I, were still pretty much pen and paper kind of people. I'm I just like that. It's just easier for me to see it on paper. I've tried apps and it just doesn't work for me. I don't keep up with it. So it's just easier for me to keep it on paper. Um, For our company, we use QuickBooks and that I do love. That simplifies it, but I'm just not there yet to do it personally, nor do I really need to honestly yet. Because when, and actually, as I'm saying this to you, as I keep that 2020 file or whatever year you have, I do keep another separate folder for tax info. So when something comes in the year that I know is for taxes, it goes in that folder. So those are my simple folders. I just have insurance, long-term, the year, tax info. And if there's anything else special I want to keep out, okay, I'm going to keep moving for budgeting here because I'm going to get sidetracked. But one of my best Um, eye-openers for budgeting and tracking money is to just write down everything you're spending just for a couple months maybe it's two months maybe it's three months write down all of your expenses every single one of them every subscription every stop to the quick trip gas station just write it all down I know it seems backwards, but this was a help in adjusting our budget because you can look on that sheet and you could see exactly where all your money is going. It's huge. And you can look at areas that you need to cut back on. And when you, if you can go over this together as a couple with your husband, it's a huge help. I highly recommend it. That would be so good. Um, We're kind of Dave Ramsey people for our finances, but guys, remember, I've been married 35 years. We don't have a home mortgage anymore. I'm in a different season than many of you are, so I'm a little farther down the road there. So when I say we don't have a budget, technically, we really we really don't. We've kind of know where our spending goes and, you know, we're saving. So we're in a different season. But one tip I can tell you, because this is where I get caught up sometimes, pay attention to all those subscriptions you have. We can spend money so much easier without realizing it, you know, with our phones, with all these apps and all these new services and things for subscriptions. You could subscribe to things and forget you did, and you've got that just rolling there, taking your money, and you're not even using the app. So pay attention to those things. Okay, number six is tackle your laundry. So if you have the need to do a load or two a day, then just do it. If It really doesn't take that long to do a load of laundry from start to finish. And start to finish is what I always say, right? You wash it, you dry it, you fold it, and you put it away. That's doing a full load of laundry. If you can only deal with one of those a day, going through those steps, then only do one a day. 
Take the time to organize and set up your laundry area so it's efficient and you have everything you need. Make it easy for your kids and your husband to get dirty clothes where they need to go. Maybe you can find laundry baskets that sort light and dark so your, your kids and husband are doing that for you and you don't even have to do that part. Um, I love to listen to podcasts while I'm doing laundry when I'm folding or ironing. And yes, I still iron. I'm old school. My honey has some dress shorts that I still iron, so it doesn't take a lot of my time like it used to, but it's still something I do. Not my favorite chore, let me tell you, but when I throw a podcast on, it makes it go much, much sweeter. So I do appreciate that. I don't have a set laundry day. I usually end up starting a load in the morning, and that kind of usually comes into my morning routine. So I'm always done with my laundry, usually way before lunch even. And again, it's just the two of us right now, so I don't have a lot of laundry. But once my kids were old enough to do their own laundry, they took care of their own laundry, and that was very good. And that was a skill they needed anyways when they were out on their own. Okay, so number seven. We're getting there, guys. All right, have a meal plan. Okay, y'all knew this one was coming, right? I couldn't get by without a meal plan. It makes my days easier. It keeps us on budget for food. I'm not wasting leftovers. I, you know, we still toss some leftovers sometimes, but for the most part, they're getting used up. So when I have weeks that I have a meal planned, it's a disaster for me. I spend more time running to the store and more money, and or maybe we're eating out last minute. I don't like those weeks. Okay, the eating out, I don't mind so much, but for the most part, <laughs> I don't like those weeks. So literally, ladies sit down for 30 minutes or less once a week however you want to do it and make a meal plan start here write a list of all your family's favorite meals and choose from that each week i even have a free download on that on the blog i'll link to that um you can broaden your cooking skills there and try to make one new meal a week or one new meal a month or something i i love doing that it just ups my cooking game a little bit teaches me some new skills and if you're new to cooking, do not beat yourself up. Keep it simple. We just had um, we had our family game night last night, and we were talking about this at the table about cooking, just how as a young bride, I just started, I really didn't know what I was doing. And so I got married in the mid-80s. So I did a lot of box mixes. This is going to freak y'all out. But yes, I would buy that box of hamburger helper and make it. Or I'm not sure what was in that box of scallop potatoes mix, but it got me started cooking, and the more I did it, the more confident I got, and the more I would try and reach out and try different recipes. You have to start somewhere, so start wherever you're at. Keep it simple. Use Pinterest for meal ideas. I just came across an app that I love for storing recipes online called Paprika. That's kind of cool, actually. Um, make good use of your crock pot and your, your tools that you have. Two of my favorite beginner cookbooks are still the very good old Better Homes and Gardens cookbook. And then there's one by Mark Bittman called How to Cook Everything. They're just helpful, not necessary, helpful. So find cookbooks that you love and you know you'll use. If you have that cookbook collection growing and you don't use them, get rid of them, give them away, pull the recipe or two page out that you use and toss the cookbook. So, um, I do have some posts on meal planning. You guys know that. Or you can check out. I have a complete, simple, ultra affordable. It's video driven with printables. We all love printables, right? Um, menu planning course that I'll link to too. So that's an option there too. And number eight, learn a new skill. I know what y'all are thinking. Marcy, really? I'm just trying to get dinner on the table. Serious? A new skill? Yeah. Okay. I'm not just talking about taking a class outside your home or online, but you might like to. It may be that you need to learn how to use your crock pot or your instant pot or another appliance that'll help you get dinner on the table faster. 
You may want to learn to sew or to knit. Maybe you want to learn how to reupholster furniture or make curtains. Maybe starting a blog may be on your to-do list. Pick something that interests you and learn more about it. Um, reading books on how to manage my home has been a help to me. I love to be a continual learner with God's word obviously being my top priority, but I also love to learn more about being a keeper of my home. I mean, is there anybody else out there, raise your hand, that reads cookbooks? I love getting a new cookbook and skimming through it. I have learned and grown so much in my cooking skills by doing that. Some favorites that have been a help to me in my homemaking are, I mentioned it earlier, the Christian Homemaker's Handbook. Um, there's one called Becoming a Woman Who Pleases God and Designing, Designing a Lifestyle That Pleases God. Maybe you want to dig deeper into Bible study. Well, get started on it. So simple. Be a learner. Don't stress yourself out, right? <clears throat> Keep it simple, but never stop learning. So number nine, use routines to start and end your day, at least to start your day, okay? This is always my top piece of advice. I have a morning and an evening routine that helps me to start and end my day well. I always share that if I only get these two things done, I've already accomplished much in the day. And they are just a set of simple steps. They're really kind of a set of habits is what I like to call them to get your day moving forward and ending it. So you're ready to tackle tomorrow. And these routines, they change with various seasons of life. You can customize them to fit your own needs. We, we may all have similar elements to our routines, like things like, you know, showering, getting dressed, time in the word, exercise, but they're going to look different for every one of us and the various lengths of time. It's all going to depend on the season of life you're in. So I do have some podcasts on that. I have a video on implementing a realistic morning routine, and I have an, a podcast episode on the routines of the day. So my current steps to my morning routine are that I, I make my bed, I have time with the Lord, I exercise. And remember, I'm like the 10, 15-minute exerciser. I shower, we get breakfast, dishes, my pets are cared for, start a little laundry, check out my to-do list for the day, take my vitamins, take a peek what I'm making for dinner, and then determine what cleaning tasks I want to get done in my home that day. It's pretty simple. It gets my day to a great start, and all those just take moments, honestly. My evening routine is pretty simple. I give the house a quick tidy. I um, The dishes are done. You know, the sink is clear, dishwashers run. I'll kind of peek at my to-do list for tomorrow. I'll, you know, make sure that's all together. I'll lay my clothes out for exercise, and then I'll just read and journal and pray. And that's that kind of ends it for me. Maybe you even have an afternoon routine that you do after lunch. A routine in the afternoon could be simple things like maybe you sit and read after lunch for 15 minutes, or you take five minutes to give the house a quick tidy, or that's the time you pay the bills. What, whatever that is, you kind of get the idea there. It's just the items you do daily to help you manage your time well and keep your home running smooth. So we are to number 10, friends. This one's kind of different, but I really have loved this one. I call it keep a master to-do list for repeated tasks. So this particular area, this task has simplified my days immensely. And all I mean by it is I have a master list for various tasks that are repeated in my home or life, really. I keep them in my planner or some are kept in my notes app or I, I'm a big user of Trello. Some stuff is there too. And they make these tasks automatic for me when they come up. So here's some lists that I have. I'm just going to throw some out there. there. This isn't exhaustive, but it'll give you some ideas when I'm saying this. My holiday meal menus, though, you know, what I'm making for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter. 
Um, I keep lists there for various home items we need to purchase, things that are sized weird, like I don't even know, like maybe weird batteries or your furnace filters or like for us filters for our water system, things like that that I have to keep track of that I don't want to keep remembering. List for meal ideas. This is still my favorite, keeping a list of all your favorite breakfast, lunches, and dinners. And then I also say with that, so, you know, if you're following a special food plan like keto or um, Trim Healthy Mama or I don't even know, gluten-free, whatever, you can keep menu plans or meal ideas for those particular things that you're following even. So when you're in that mode of eating keto, you can grab your keto, I'm saying that so wrong, keto dinner list. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The keto dinner list and say, hey, these are my favorite, these are my easy go-to meals. So that's that's what kind of my meal idea list is when I say that those are my easy go-to comfort meals that are either quick to make or our family favorites. Um, a list of healthy travel snack ideas. We do travel a lot and having that list just gives me a quick, I, it takes it off my mind. I can look at it and know, hey, I'm going to throw these in the snack bag for the car. I keep packing lists for travel. I have ones for airplane and one for car travel. I love that I can print them out when we're just getting ready to take a trip. I keep lists for things like movies and books and places that we'd like to visit lists. Just, you know, somebody tells me about a good movie, I put it on that list. Doesn't mean we ever watch it, but it's on the list if we ever do get to it. Um, Sometimes I put down meals we would like to try. Like maybe we're dining out at a restaurant and I just have a little note in my app that just meals we'd like to try. We'll eat something and go, this is really good. We should try to make this at home. I'll put it on that list. that's where I keep my Christmas gift list so I can look at past lists from previous years to see what we give out and who got what. I have a master to-do list for our home where there's maybe bigger projects I'd like to get to so that things may go on there like paint the office or, you know, gut the basement storage room or whatever that might be. So as I get time, I can look as I'm planning my quarterly goals or areas. I can go, hey, you know, this quarter, let's, let's start tackling that basement. And then I keep, that's where I keep my cleaning list that I talk about for um, daily and weekly and monthly and yearly tasks. They're just there. And that's where I also keep things like my weekly home blessing and my morning and evening routine list. They're just all there in my notes app. So let me just quickly summarize. I'm just going to, so number one was make your bed. Number two was a daily tidy. Number three was get dressed. Number four was have some sort of cleaning routine. Number five was dealing with your budget and finances. Number six was your laundry. Number seven was meal plan. Number eight was keep being a learner. Number nine was implement routines. And number 10 were lists for various repeated tasks. So is there just one of these that you'd like to start as part of your daily routine? Or maybe more, maybe you're already doing some of these and you just needed that encouraging reminder why they can be so helpful. So just a few closing thoughts, friend. I, I desire to be a blessing for my family. And one way I do do that is by caring well for my home. And the goal for all of us is to make sure that we are attending well to the priorities that God has given us. As keepers of our homes, we're to be diligent in the tasks set before us. This is your job, ladies, the role the Lord has called you to. doesn't mean you can't delegate or get help. That does not mean that. I'm not saying that. You need to do it well, just as you would do a job outside your home. God is our employer, and he's entrusted us to care well for our families. And part of that is in the way we are caring for our dwelling places here on this earth and these families he's gifted us with, right? I'm going to leave you with an anonymous quote that sums us up beautifully. It says, the beauty of the house is order. 
the blessing of the house is contentment, the glory of the house is hospitality, the crown of the house is godliness, and my friend, I'm leaving you with this part, and Jesus is enough always. So friends, please share with us in the comments wherever you come across this episode, whether it's Instagram, the Facebook group, or just Facebook, um, or on the blog itself, the main page of the blog. I love comments there. What tips would you give to beginning homemakers? Do it. Share it with us because ladies are always reading those comments, so I appreciate that. Um, You can find the main show notes at my little home on the web at thankfulhomemaker.com and Friend, if you are enjoying your time here with me, I'd so love if you could take two minutes and leave me one of those wonderful five-star ratings and reviews over at iTunes or wherever you listen into the podcast. It helps others to find it. And I'm so grateful for all of you that have left ratings and reviews. So thank you so, so much. I appreciate every one of you. So thank you for your time today, friend. And I pray you have a very blessed week. 